Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Librocube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Librocube Curlist. Yes. The show is one in which I discuss, is the word I often use, although not totally accurate, because that assumes someone will be responding verbally to what I am saying, and that's not going to happen. So this is the podcast in which I monologue, more accurate, about all the various media I have consumed. You listening to this you one person who downs a little downs loads it zits god uh what was i saying off the rails one minute in and already falling apart let's just push a button oh no wait yeah yeah i'm i, I feel like i've become much more lackadaisical about uh, uh saying at the top of the show you may not have consumed some of this media yourself so i warn of that possibility because i don't want to ruin it or anything for you nothing i want to ruin ruin free with the exception of aztec i love an aztec ruin hey am i right am i right am i right he says about aztec ruins Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Boucher Dialogue Coaching. Thank you for that. Sponsorship have three movies for you today. First, and I don't think foremost, but first, certainly, Hubby Halloween from 2020. Yes, this falls into the category, uh, several categories, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, first one I would put it in is movies I heard people talking about on podcasts um, that made it sound dumb, but also fun. And after watching, verified. It is dumb. That's also pretty fun. Uh, it also falls into the category of Netflix movies. It also uh, falls into the category of Adam Sandler movies. It also is in a subcategory of Adam Sandler movies where he does a dumb voice. Uh, very similar to your 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 Bobby Boucher uh, voice, water boy. You know, <laughs> uh, I remember uh, uh, the missus and I watched this together, and I remember saying, you know, it's uh, it's an Adam Sandler movie, like uh, you, you, uh, Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. And then as soon as we're f- five minutes in, I said, or maybe a little more like Water Boy, which is certainly compared to the first two I mentioned is lesser yeah that's safe to say and easy to say so i said it because i do things that are easy and that is one of them let me read the imda because it might be funny uh despite his devotion to his hometown of salem that would be massachusetts uh and its halloween celebration hubie dubois 
is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. But this year, something is going to bump in the night. And it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. Oh, you know what? That last Hubie to save Halloween. Uh, very. This is. Uh, you know what I should do? Uh, and maybe I'll make a mental. No, I'll make an actual note. You can maybe hear me typing this. Watch Ernest Saves Halloween. And you know what? I will try to have that in next episode, uh, if all things go according to this plan that I've just devised, um, to sort of compare, because it's very, very similar in... I was going to say a story, obviously, but also in tone, I feel like. Although it's been quite a few years uh, since I've seen Ernest Saves anything really i haven't seen ernest in a while ernest p whirl 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 hubie halloween i do love the name hubie dubois it's probably you know what i'm gonna throw out one thing of this movie and, and you know what i'm gonna give this movie one point one one additional point just for this hubie dubois is quite possibly the most fun name to say aloud just period in fiction, nonfiction, anything. Hubie Dubois. Hubie Dubois. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to give this movie a solid three plus the extra point for the name. So yeah, look at that for three. If you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't uh, ever watch this movie again. But the name. Uh, the name. Moving on to, wait, didn't I, did I miss a movie? Oh shit, I did it in the wrong order. That's fine. Uh, 1BR, that's the number one, followed by the letters B and R. Sarah tries to start a new in LA. I thought it was going to be a new life, but a new, A-N-E-W, one word, in LA. But her neighbors are not what they seem. Hmm. Boy, howdy, are they not what they seem. They seem like a bunch of nice folks. And to be fair to them, <laughs> to be fair to the cult, they think, uh, have been conditioned to think, I should perhaps clarify, uh, that they are not bad folks and are in fact uh, doing these evil cult things to help uh, uh, others from uh, living lives that are meaningless, let's say. Um, so this is a movie about uh, brainwashing and um, on, on a sort of wide scale uh, uh, and, and it's dark and it's uh, dirty and it's uh, sweaty palms and uh, very good and tense and uh, things will happen in it that you'll be surprised about I imagine especially at the end was very surprising um, and uh, overall I, I think I went in with low expectations and it started off kind of slow and not great, but uh, really ramped up, uh, you know, halfway through maybe, and got uh, really good and interesting. So for that reason, 1BR gets a 4 as well. Oh, look at that, tied with uh, Hubby Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to the last film of this movie monologue, Borat, subsequent movie film. Oh, this movie, follow-up to the 2006 comedy centering on the real-life adventures of a fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. This is another Borat movie. <laughs> I did see a joke uh, the other day. I think 
I can't remember where I saw it. It doesn't matter. Um, where it was like uh, uh, one of the worst things that will happen in 2020 is that now people will start doing the Borat voices again. Uh, which, you know, you could do it if you do it ironically. That's fine, right? I suppose it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> this, this is a strange... Even for a Borat movie, this is like strange. Like It's hard to pinpoint, I almost feel like... <clears throat> what's real and what's not in this movie. Like there's some obvious points where, uh, I feel like quite often Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> I don't know why I said his name so weird. Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen. It sounds weird in my ear. Um, does movies in which there'll be a story that's just sort of linking these scenes where he's, you know, fucking with people, uh, which, which is a good sort of template for a film. I feel like, uh, and, and this does have that, um, but some of the scenes where they're fucking with people, uh, kind of feel almost like it's different. It, 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 it's, he used to like sit down with people and do fake interviews is sort of how you could look at it. Whereas here it's a little more, uh, filming, uh, shoot, what do they call it? It's not jungle video. There's like a word for it where it's like. Uh, it's not candid. I, I, I don't know what the word is, and it's not that important. Where he's like filming his real life, and then real people are just sort of there for it and being filmed, as opposed to uh, uh, purposely setting up these interviews. I, I, I don't know. It felt a little different. Not necessarily a bad thing. And I will say, uh, at the end, a lot of laughs and a lot of just, as happens with uh, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen movies, uh, just you get to see the fucked up edness of humanity, uh, really, really, <sighs> it, it's, uh, you'll laugh and, uh, th there's heartwarming moments, but you're also going to see humanity at its worst. Um, and it's going to be very depressing, <laughs> uh, up to, and including, uh, Rudy Giuliani. That is like the Mrs. And I literal jaw drops when some of that shit's going on. And, uh, there's a point in it where you have to think, if, um, and maybe this happened a couple of times actually, but, but one point in particular with uh, Giuliani where it's like, if, uh, uh, the cameras had not been there and if this was not a, 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 a movie, what would have happened? How, how would real life have played out? And I think we all know the answer after watching this and it's pretty, pretty fucked up, man. Oh. <sighs> Okay, so uh, rating-wise, Jesus Christ, this is a hard one to rate because uh, it's good and you're going to walk away from it feeling maybe not good about some things. Uh, ah, fuck it, five out of five. <laughs> there you go. Let me push a button. Television talk. Today's television talk is the Orion Syndicate. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, Star Trek Discovery is back. Fucking right on. Uh, watched the first episode of season three and somewhat famously Star Trek series is, maybe, uh, I guess not the first one, uh, the original series, uh, sort of get good in the third season. Uh, it's like a thing that they do. Uh, that being said, I love the first two season. 
It's just uh, the direction that this is headed is so what I have been sort of desiring of Star Trek uh, that it it's just uh, like, <laughs> as I'm emphasizing here, I'm speechless with how good it is. Uh, let me read uh, the Imda of uh, That Hope Is You, uh, the title of uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 1, arriving 930 years in the future. Uh, Burnham navigates a galaxy she no longer recognizes while searching for the rest of the USS Discovery team. So goddamn good idea. <laughs> Star Trek, but in the future? Yeah, uh, it's something I, I've said before and I um, can almost guarantee I've said on the podcast that I wished uh, a Star Trek would go into the far distant future. I, I mean, you know, take place in the future, obviously, but like in the far, far distant future. Uh, so that, uh, you know, almost thousand year jump allows them to do some pretty incredible things and worry less about canon and, and, and stuff like that. And they're sort of on their own. It's uh, incredible things to come. I can feel it after the first episode, uh, not least of which is something I noticed. And maybe if you are a long term listener, first of all, I love you. Second of all, you will know, uh, especially in the last some odd years, probably, uh, my uh, focus on all things D&D has been intense, let's say. So uh, the, the characters in this are, rem are reminding me of D&D uh, 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 character classes. Uh, and let me run down how you uh, think this is, uh, how accurate you think this is, if you are as a giant nerd as I am to uh, notice this. Uh, first of all, and this is probably what uh, uh, started my thought process with this. In fact, it definitely was. There's a character called Book who has sort of a... a who can commune with nature let's say and he's, he's big on uh, nature preservation and uh, can talk with animals seemingly and has some mystical uh, 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 plant healing abilities so he clearly is a druid obviously no hesitation uh you know what's that's funny um uh the missus and i uh, this is a a, a side note uh we both this is very strange and i i feel like during quarantine certain like weird psychic things like this seem to happen more and more often uh we both without discussing with one another uh <laughs> bought robes i've never owned a robe like a bathrobe um the missus has she 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 didn't really wear it that often but uh she she bought a new one uh so within it was literally the same day that they arrived. So, uh, I opened the box and I, I, I see the robe. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, did I order a woman's robe? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, and, and then I, I sort of realized what had happened when I opened another box and there was my robe. So <laughs> that's weird right there. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because I put my robe on and because, uh, I've grown my beard out again during quarantine, uh, I really got a druid vibe going, uh, but with this robe and beard. So, you know, I could be a druid. Uh, next is a character uh, introduced uh, towards the end of the episode. Uh, uh, I might pronounce this wrong. Uh, Aditya Sahil. Yeah, probably pronounce that wrong. Uh, he, I, I think, is going to sort of fill the role of a cleric, he seems like, uh, both in terms of being a D&D style cleric and also having like uh, clerical duties. Uh, he's one of the... Uh, uh, 
he, he's been sort of holding the fort down, let's say, in terms of uh, the Federation and almost has a feel of a, a sort of a religious, uh, like the, the, the now, there's a big spoiler for the episode, but if you're going to watch it, I recommend, uh, the Federation has sort of crumbled for the most part, and there's very few sort of last vestiges of it, uh, in the galaxy, and he is sort of like praying for its return and sort of living a very monastic life, uh, so definitely cleric. Uh, Burnham, uh, I'm going to go... See, I, I, I had two thoughts here. Paladin, because she is sort of taking up the cause of this cleric as if they're, they're serving the same god, the quote-unquote the, the quote god, the Federation. Uh, but then also Ranger. So maybe she's sort of a multi-class Ranger in terms of now having to seek out her crew and, and sort of the search for that's got a bit of a Ranger feel. So uh, yeah, obviously I'm insane and uh, freaking love this so much. Um, today from when I'm recording this, I'm going to watch the second episode I believe should be available. So really looking forward to that. Let me push another button. Five out of five, six out of five for episode one. Uh, this button. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Cave Johnson's Magical Portals Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Some episodes ago, uh, actually let's combine two episodes into one, I spoke, uh, I read the backstory of a character named Mayor Chuzzlewit III, who is a resident of a town called Oakenvale, or was rather, um, and, and all of this stuff is uh, D&D related, see, as I mentioned, getting into it, man. Uh, and all of this stuff is taking place on a Discord server, which uh, I spoke a little bit about. And uh, just to give a little update on that, friggin' loving it. Yeah, uh, spending a lot of time in there, uh, getting some roleplay. Uh, uh, been working towards building up a shop within this server, so that's fun. 20... IRL days it takes to build a shop and I'm sort of uh, every day I'm uh, going into the server uh, role-playing my building of the shop and telling stories and stuff like that uh, been a, just a lot of fun and then it's got the added thing where there's a lot of DMs in this server who will sort of post uh, actual uh, play sessions that you can sign up for assuming you can uh, with the time and the level requirements and such uh, yeah just a lot of fun uh, so recently and I don't actually know the reason behind this. I wonder why it happened. I I, I don't know. Uh, the the original server I joined was uh, closed, or, or or all the people from it moved to a new server, and they didn't just do that uh, sort of out of character. They did it in character, where the original town was basically destroyed by you know magic and a Tarask and uh, Dro and shit like that, and uh, we were all magically sort of transported to this new town that we're sort of building up it's sort of in its uh, initial stages the bones are there but uh you know uh, we're, we're making it our home on this new island and in, in, in this new town so uh because my character <laughs> the way i worked it 
but uh, because I couldn't play, like I had a lot of other shit on the go, so I couldn't really go on the server and I couldn't play in any of these sessions that revolved around this. Uh, I, I just said my character was on vacation and he was just like chilling on a beach while uh, all of his friends and uh, fellow citizens were basically fighting for their lives and the town he lived in was destroyed. So basically he gets back from this vacation and uh, I wrote a little story about uh, how he gets from uh, uh, this destroyed town uh, having no idea what happened to it to the new town. So here is the story I wrote. <clears throat> uh, you know that feeling you need a vacation from your vacation? Mayer was experiencing this feeling as he made his way back to Oakenvale from his much-needed rest and relaxation. His pace was leisurely until he made the decision that when he got back, he would spend a couple of days in the tavern with his hooves up before getting back to the grind of running his various haphazard side hustles. He's a satyr, or satyr, which uh, have hooves instead of feet. Uh, a song in his heart turned to his heart in his throat when he cleared a rise that would normally show the town before him, but instead showed a swath of destruction that would be impressive were it not so terrifying. Mayor used his fast. Mayor rushed as fast as his legs could carry him into what was left of Oakenvale. A frantic search did not reveal much other than a suspicious amount of spider. Oh. Wait, I, I should mention, I did put this in the story. Uh, my movement is 35 feet. I can dash for 35 feet as my action, and I can bonus action 35 feet because I'm a rogue, which means I can move 105 feet around every six seconds is around. Anyways, uh, a frantic search did not reveal much other than a suspicious amount of spider webs and some very large clawed footprints. Uh, Mayer has had some very unique experiences with portals in his extensive travels, so the slightly familiar tingle in the air of some vague, vast magic gave him hope, if not a direction, to search in. Mayer is not used to feeling sad, but picking through some of the rubble left him in what Nanny Chuzzlewit would call a funk. It was then he came to the conclusion that uh, whenever he had these rare moments of introspection and just did not quite know what to do, he could always turn to Nanny for some sage advice or at least a quick kick in the butt to get him moving again. Let me just make that bigger. Thank you. Uh, not one to dilly-dally, Mayor did some quick calculation and realized that this time of year the most likely the most trendy upscale and impossible to get in parties would be happening in Waterdeep, which meant that was where Nanny would be. Nanny always ran in the most well-to-do and noble circles and was much sought after guest for all the social seasons, various galas and balls. Uh, it may be that she added a much needed element of fun to these stuffy affairs. It may be that like mayor, she tended to just genuine, genuinely like most people. It may be that when she was around 50 years of age, she was transformed into an illithid, and through a combination of expending her vast fortune on a cure and sheer unflappable will, she managed to fight off the worst of the mental effects and is now, in essence, a fun-loving, sociable satyr trapped in the body of a dreaded mind flare, and being able to say I had a mind flare at my party means it must have been a hell of a party. Perhaps it was all three. Uh, I'm planning on this, uh, nanny being my next character. Uh, you can have, 
uh, up to three characters. Uh, and this is going to be my next one, Nanny. Uh, one short travel montage late montage later, uh, Mayor found himself in Waterdeep and trying to worm his way into one of the many par- parties that promised to be the event of the season. Uh, Mayor can be very persuasive, plus 11. So eventually, after making his way inside, he got himself a drink and some food, just to be polite, of course, uh, and started searching for Nanny. Unsurprisingly, she was surrounded by nobles, while regaling them with some exploits of her youth, while simultaneously knitting a tiny pair of booties with lightning bolts on it. You see, Nanny was, and is, an artificer, but rather than use potions and nasty chemicals, she worked primarily in the medium of knitting. Mare recognized these booties, for example, and knew that any who wore them would, for a time, have an increased walking speed uh his love of magical items and trinkets was fostered by nanny and then i have a picture of here um what i did was i found a a pink uh did i find yeah i I found like a pink a lithid uh dressed like uh in inside like a old lady kind of and i i, I cut that out and put it inside uh, a, like a knitting store like a yarn barn <laughs> anyways that's dumb uh mayor managed to catch nanny's eye and although hers may have widened for a moment or perhaps a uh, tentacle had an extra twitch she was a professional and managed to finish both the story and the booties simultaneously uh, you will all have to excuse me a moment, as I see my beloved grandson, Mayor, is here, and we really must catch up. Did you know Mayor is a name passed down in the Chuzzlewit clan? Because when we first left our forest homes and were invited to live in the city of Cormier, it was the Mayor. It was by the Mayor, but my ancestors did not realize it was a title and instead thought it was a name, so they named the first satyr born in the city after Mayor. Nanny prattles on for a bit, which has the desired effect of thinning out the crowd around them until, with a wink at Mare, they find themselves alone, and without even waiting, Nanny says, What's wrong, Mare? I have not seen you look so distraught since you were forced to work for that nice farmer so that you could learn the value of a dollar, if I do recall. Mayor then relates the curious events of his return to Oakenvale, and although he does not say so outright, Nanny consents deep down Mayor has grown attached to this town and its residents and ideally wants to rejoin them, or at the very least find out what happened to them. Nanny pauses for a moment, clearly deep in thought, and simply says, Cave Johnson. At At first, Mayor is not quite sure what she means, but then his knowledge of Arcana plus seven reminds him that the preeminent expert in portal based magic is cave Johnson. He looks up smiling and notices that Nanny is actually pointing at someone and then says again, cave Johnson, Uh, a distinguished looking gentleman turns around, sees Nanny waves, smiles and makes his over, makes his way over with slight limp and elaborate looking walking cane. Then I've uh, included a pic of Cave Johnson, which uh, is a character from the Portal video game series. Huh? After some quick introduction, Nanny asked Mayor to relate all that he experienced in returning to Oakenvale and the dilemma he is now in. Without missing a beat, Cave starts to unscrew the top of his walking cane and begins telling Mayor, uh, I may have... 
I may have to crank up the sensitivity on this, but I believe since you spent a fair amount of time in the affected area, we should still be able to track it. You see, despite what most people think when you travel via portals, it's not like you enter one portal and arrive in the other. No, no, no. Instead, there is a link between the two that you travel at instantaneous speeds. These links with the proper equipment can be traced, and with enough luck, you pass through one of these links and still have some residual link energy on you. Uh, from the cane, Cave pulls forth a thin, clear rod that is about the length of Mare's rapier. Uh, giving Mare the idea to to work on getting a similar cane for himself that can hide his rapier. Yeah, I, I want like a sword cane, so... I uh, threw that in there as a reminder and an idea. Uh, with rod in hand, giggle, uh, Cave looks through one end at Mare and squints for what seems like minutes until eventually he lets out a aha right before pushing an almost hidden button on the rod. He then offers the rod to Mayor and says, peer in here if you will, and although to the untrained eye it will appear to be no more than a small thread, I can assure you that this thread ends at a portal. A portal that, if what your story tells me is true, is where your friends are. In fact, with Nanny's help, as I, an expert in thread... I can believe we can get you to the other side. Tonight, if you are willing. Clearly, Cave's excitement for the ins and out of portal traversal is high. Nanny nods to Mayor and says, Well, we did not get to spend much time together, but I have been meaning to seek you out. So I'll tell you what. Let's get you back where you belong. And once there, send word you are safe. And as soon as I can free myself from this social scene, I will do so and come visit. How does that sound? Uh, again, setting myself up to have her come and be my next character. Uh, the Chuzzlewits are not the type to spend long hours and tearful goodbyes, so with some setting up for this portal experiment, the crowd gathers around as they know something interesting is up if Nanny is involved. While this is being done, Mayor heads over to the refreshment tables that are piled high with every type of fancy food and drink one can imagine. He is three shrimp, shrimp cocktails in when Nanny gestures to Mayor and says, Okay, everyone, stand back. Hum starts to fill the air and everyone backs away from Mayor with alacrity. See you on the other side, Mayor. Uh, is the second to last thing Mayer hears as a thin string-like fiber begins working his way towards him at great speed from a tremendous distance. It then seems to grow and eventually is roughly the size of his body and he feels it pulls him forward. Oops is the last thing he hears as the portal is suddenly much larger and pulls not only him but also just about all the tables of food and drink found at the party enough food for an elaborate sumptuous meal for a small town even oh my uh there was not so much the feeling of travel as one moment he was at the party and the next he and a truly sizable feast appeared out of nowhere in what would eventually become the center the town center of Aphoros, his new home. Taking one last bite of a sizable shrimp, he looked around at some, some some familiar faces, staring, starting to gather, and said, So, what did I miss? Is 
Internet Intercourse. I like turtles. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is True Cross Carpentry. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, Among Us videos. Yeah, uh, man, this game's very popular. I've seen it, uh, I've even uh, um, debated playing it, but it's that whole online playing with other video gaming, not really my bag of tea necessarily. Like, uh, I've done it, It's let me compare two things, and this is maybe a strange comparison. Uh, comic books and books versus uh, online video games and offline video games, okay? Hear me out on this. Uh, I've read comic books, uh, I have enjoyed reading comic books, but book books, uh, I always sort of tend to gravitate towards, um, I have fun reading the book, the comic books, but it, it always, like, I would rather be reading just a, a, a non-comic book, a, a book book, a fiction book. Similarly, which is a word I always have difficulty with, uh, online gaming, I've had fun at, when I do it, um, but it's just, I always have more fun not doing it. <laughs> it's that sort of like, eh, yeah, you know, while I'm doing it, I'm having fun, but thinking about doing it is less fun. If that makes any sense at all, I don't know. Um, up to and including among us videos, uh, fun house has done a lot, which we're going to talk about them a bit, uh, in a sec. Uh, uh, AOC, oh, what the hell, uh, Alexandria, uh, court, shit, what, uh, I always just call her AOC because it's easier to remember and it's uh, kind of cool to have a little uh, sort of nickname like that because I'm, I'm a big fan, uh, she seems to not only know what she's doing, but uh, just, just really, I feel like someone like her is going to be one of the rare sort of possibilities of turning things around <laughs> some someone like that uh and, and she was playing this game and sort of using it as a bit of a platform to get people to vote get the youth to vote uh however and i heard this said so this is not an original thought but i, I very much liked it um she was not uh using twitch where she played this uh, as a means to get people to vote, like, she, uh, despite that I just said that, she was playing the game and having fun, uh, and then secondary was the fact that it was, you know, go vote, like, she didn't make the whole go vote thing the, the primary focus, which I think is what needs to be done for uh, youths, let's say, uh, to get them to get out there and uh, uh, vote period full stop uh so uh very very smart and i liked it uh and they're fun videos to watch you know what i am you know uh, i used to play uh balderdash and i can uh convincingly lie when needed so i i probably would uh, like have fun and, and potentially even be good at it but uh i don't know maybe i'll uh uh, I don't know who I would play with was the other sort of problem. Can you play with randos? Probably. Uh, anyways, let's move on from Among Us to Todd Glass, Event of a Lifetime. Yes, this was a cool thing. Uh, so, uh, I don't... Yeah, he's he's had specials before, but this was an interesting one. If you're unfamiliar with Todd Glass, for shame, uh, he's a very, very funny stand-up comedian and podcaster. And um, what happened was... 
was it like his band like quite often he'll uh do stand up and then have like a band on stage and uh and, and whatever city he's in he'll sort of put out a call to have people come on stage and you know they, it's not like they'll play songs the whole time but he'll just sort of interact and maybe a little ditty here and there and it's all about the sort of ambiance which uh Todd Glass is famous for being sort of the master of ambiance or ambience ambiance ambience I don't know which one I prefer. Anyways, uh, so uh, it sounds like they, like the the, the band and the, uh, the decided uh, they were going to sort of almost secretly film a bunch of these sets and turn it into a special and came out so good. It really got to see how Todd shines in front of a crowd. And uh, it was just a delight, but also very, very funny because, well, he's a funny dude. So, there you go uh available on youtube which uh very uh was was happy to hear about so you know check it out why don't you uh moving on to uh adam savage's uh several day builds of hellboy samaritan jesus christ i fucking adam savage uh, is sort of quickly turning into one of my favorite youtube channels like every single video is just uh amazing and and heartwarming and 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 cool and sort of chill and uh, these ones in particular. So if you're unfamiliar with Hellboy, come on, for, first off. Uh, but he had like a giant gun. And uh, as I told the missus, uh, it was something that I, I hadn't done it in a while. Periodically, I'd go like on eBay uh, or Amazon or whatever, just sort of look online for like a prop replica of this gun. So uh, the fact that Adam Savage is building one from scratch was uh, added to my delight of this thing I already loved. So I definitely had to bring it back here. Uh, the fact that he is seemingly using every, just sort of squeezing every bit of skill he has in the world of fabrication to build this thing. Uh, the, 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 the sort of love and hours and blood and sweat and tears that go into the making of this thing is just incredible to watch it sort of take shape from blocks of nothing to what it uh, has become. Uh, I decided that, and I think I could still save this, um, any single just sort of item on earth, if I could have and own and holds and, and display in my home, it would be Adam Savage's Hellboy Samaritan. Like it was probably, it's just beautiful. And, and, and these videos and I, I, just an incredible thing. Uh, and I would pay lots of money for it. Well, it, you know what? It's priceless. So it's not even the money. It's, it's just a, a priceless thing that now exists in the world. Uh, and, uh, really, really incredible and, uh, warms the caucus of my hearts to know that, uh, uh, the love he had of making it. And, and now this thing exists in the world. That's just incredible. And I mention it here. Last but not least, Funhouse Chill GTA. Ah. So, uh, I've spoken of Funhouse on this podcast probably since the beginning of this podcast. Uh, and I, as I always say, or quite often say, whenever they come up, uh, it's one of the few to few YouTube channels where I'll basically watch every single thing they put out sort of period full stop, uh, because they're always fun and, and, you know, interesting and funny and, and, and dumb and silly. 
some things have happened uh, over there at Funhouse uh, that are dark and disturbing and not great. I won't go into them. If you want to know what they are, you can do Google things like Funhouse and probably the name Adam Kovic would be a name you could throw in there. And that's all you need to do to find out what that is about, which we're not going to talk about because that's not what we do in internet intercourse or on this podcast. Uh, but what I did want to talk about of this chill GTA, it was sort of, I don't know if it was their first video back after all this stuff. Um, but it was definitely among the first and uh, definitely the first uh, GTA video back. And they sort of like took a different tack on it uh, where it's normally sort of a, they're playing a GTA and they're maybe doing a race or, or, or maybe doing something fun or, or, or trying to do a mission or something like that. But here they just sort of like walking around the city, uh, uh, shooting the shit. And it was one of the most, well, <laughs> they had the word chill in the title. So uh, when I say one of the most chill funhouse videos that I've ever seen, it's not too surprising it's right there in the title uh and and i really liked it because i i think they did a very smart thing where they're trying to and they already had this to some degree they're trying to make the people who are still there um not more likable it's not how i would put it just a video like this allows the viewers to get to know them on a deeper level which felt like something that was needed uh, and this video felt like a little bit of a bomb b-a-l-m for all the stuff that had happened and uh, i i think it was a good way to put them on a sort of different path like uh, i think maybe in the past i would watch funhouse for the 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 insane the insanity and the and the sort of ridiculous jokes flying and stuff like that but but now the channel i think has become a little more chill a little more like when you think about it like uh these these the folks on this channel are quite a bit older than when this started and as happens in life uh humans tend to uh, get a little calmer a little more uh, uh, uh relaxed as they age for the most part you know nothing's uh, set in stone but uh I, I think maybe we're seeing that with them and uh, i enjoy it because hey i'm old 39 uh, so, uh, thanks Funhouse. Uh, keep on keeping on and, uh, you're gonna, you know, you, you, things might be different, but different is not always bad. Ooh, wow. That sounded almost like it was smart. Folks, we did it. Whatever it is, it is done. That leaves one final thing to say, which is always a final thing to say, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean... But you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait.
till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper